everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bike Shop Boyfriend. Uh, your host, Dustin. Uh, I go by other nicknames already, but you can check out previous episodes to find out what those are. Um, just doing a bit of a quick update here as to the goings-on and such. Um, last evening, uh, my man Paul came in to pick up some trainers for his event this afternoon. Uh, taking place at Winnipeg Square. If you wanted to know, uh, do check out the Cops for Kids Winnipeg chapter uh, Facebook page for more details. Um, they're giving away, and um, you have the chance, sorry, to uh, get some sweet uh, local sports team swag. So, Winnipeg Gold Eyes, Winnipeg Jets, all that good stuff. All proceeds, I believe, are going to a great cause. Um, I'm not necessarily uncertain as to if the proceeds are going to a good cause and more uncertain as to if all proceeds um but they are going towards the children's wish foundation uh which is really really great cause uh, i'm really happy that our bike shop is stepping up to be a part of it uh and the uh true grit i think yeah uh the true grit uh theme that they're doing this a particular ride from Winnipeg all the way to Tucson, Arizona. Uh, talking t- with Paul, you got some of the raw audio in previous uh, clip, I would have to say. And I do like the fact that it is raw audio and that's sort of how uh, I interact with my consumers and friends um, in the bike shop. Uh, it definitely sort of has that nice rawness to it. So I will like not elaborate more on what you heard. Um, however, off air uh paul did agree to uh sit down over some coffees and we'll actually chat more formally about his uh his involvement with cops for kids as well as uh, his preparation for that trip um equipment um sort of mindset i think is a good one to talk about also um what he plans to eating actually what's the plan what is the plan to eat there we go uh, and hydrate during that long distance ride, um, what equipment he's using, all that good stuff, maybe gives you some insights as to if you are planning a long extended journey uh, via bike and two wheels, um, this might be a good listen coming up for you. So stay tuned for that. Uh, no promises as to when that's supposed to be going down, but we are aiming to get that done soon. Um, but as for this particular episode, i uh, got some interesting things to sort of relate and share, so stay tuned for those clips. Here they come. So I was asked the other day, uh, what are my views on customer service? And it got me thinking. Um, it made me think about my previous experiences as a consumer slash customer and receiving said services uh, in different uh environments and vocations and this and that and i was thinking of like the best experiences i've had in the bike industry when it comes to customer service and i would like to probably relate my own personal uh uh i guess it's my viewpoint i guess when it comes to customer service pretty much it's how i would like to be treated in addition to uh the person who's offering said customer service to exceed my expectations um Having said that, it's not a matter of being a yes man, making promises I can't keep, etc. It's more of keep the expectations realistic as well as exceeding them at the same time. It sounds like a bit of a paradox, but in practice, it's really not. And what I mean by that is um, 
as someone who works in a bike shop and does work with the public daily, it's one of those situations that either if it's through digital means or if it's face-to-face, -face, it's really a matter of over-communicating the obvious. Um, I sort of go into every interaction, even with familiar faces. I don't know if they've realized this, but um, I do sort of view it as... Um, whether it's a new relationship or established relationship in terms of uh, getting on with uh, selling them goods or educating them, I sort of treat it as if it's a new experience for them. So with that in mind, I do sort of, sometimes I'm guilty of it, but I'll sometimes be a bit more casual in how I deliver that uh, over communication. But for the most part, it is uh, very laid back and uh, non-ego based. So someone who is coming into a bike shop, I'm always trying to uh, necessarily not intimidate them with insider talk. Uh, I try and make it as bare bones easy for them to understand what's all going on. If for whatever reason they understand the concepts that I'm sort of going with, I actually start elevating the vocabulary and terminology of what's all going on. Uh, that's where I, instead of saying shifters, I tend to start saying like derailers and changing gears and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm still using the same terminology for what I'm trying to convey, but it is uh, making it so that it's very user-friendly, making it very non-intimidating, and actually starts creating that confidence and trust actually for them to try a bike. Um, that's often one of the hangups I do find folks coming into the shop with, uh, is they have this small sort of hangup of intimidation that uh, the people working there have way more knowledge than they do. And so they're going to talk them into spending more money than they should. goes back to my actual ethos of whatever the right bike that fits you, you should get. So if it fits your price, it fits you proportionally for how your body reacts. Uh, an asymmetrical thing, i.e. your body, versus uh, a symmetrical mechanical device, meaning the bike. Um, if those two are actually working really well together and there's just some fine-tuning, great i recommend buying the bike and if it totally suits and fits your purposes of how you plan to ride i think that's a win-win-win that's when you should be maybe pulling the trigger on buying the bike um whether you have the funds or not like again does that fit your budget right so that makes all sense there um one experience that i did come across was uh gcn global cycling network i ordered some stuff from them recently and some of it was a gift i didn't receive any kind of email notification that my product uh and my items have shipped um sent them a follow-up email within hours literally i would guess like four to five hours received a f uh, reply they supplied the tracking number and lo and behold the product itself arrived the next day so um i'm actually very thrilled and have to give props to GCN for having amazing customer service on their digital shop front. Um, so kudos to them. Great job. And uh, the person that received said gifts, my man, the essential, uh, hopefully liked it. Um, but uh, yeah, I have to say like customer service, it's really those small things and customer service is really where um, brick and mortar stores can actually make more of a difference than digital. However, uh, I will say that that is a ticking clock to some degree, um, but I do like working one-on-one -on -one with a lot of people. So what are your favorite shop experiences? So it's been a very long day and I'm just trying to find my notes here as to uh, what I was gonna talk about. Um, 
yeah, so the uh, Cops for Kids event that happened uh, in the downtown uh, throughout the workday turned out to be a pretty good success. I got some clarification from my man in the inside there, Mr. Paul. Um, All proceeds were going to uh, Children's Wish Foundation, which is great to hear. Um, So if you get a chance, do check out their uh, Cops for Kids Winnipeg chapter uh, Facebook page if you are wanting to uh, buy support tickets or get in on some of the social and draw prizes. I highly recommend it. Um, It's going to be a great event. I don't know what kind of prizes I'm going to be able to snaggle for him for the shop, but um, got my fingers crossed that it's going to be some good stuff. So um, looking forward to that. I'm going to be saying um a lot because I'm kind of out of it in terms of it's been a long day. I've been up since five, uh, 5.45 today and got my first bike workout in uh, in a few weeks. Finally got some motivation and uh, passion to uh, get up that early, get done up into bib shorts and all that fun stuff and hop on the bike for an hour. Um, it was a very easy tempo ride listening to a podcast that sort of matched that effort it really made the podcast actually sound that much more better um that's not proper grammar but you know what i'm going for here um it was yeah very uh great way to start the day and then uh, my work day takes place and then i go until about 10 ish so uh that being said pretty fatigued right now but i'm gonna be uh editing this episode very soon and uh calling it a night which is going to be very much looking forward to um just a few things just to quickly uh round out this episode uh my man the hammer came in today um he has himself a new dual suspension bike that he's planning on using for cross-country uh type uh riding and uh he's got himself a new one by system that he's using as a uh, one by SRAM is probably the best way to go uh, in terms of that sort of gear range as well as just stability but there are Shimano workarounds and he went with the Shimano workaround uh, and he outsourced a absolute black uh, that's the name of the brand uh, chain ring actually for this particular setup and having it seeing it the finished image or seeing the finished product uh and install there it looks really slick i have to admit um it kind of got me going dang that's that's a nice looking bike um and great to see that he's very pleased with it um we again he's actually going to be coming on this gravel ride experience in the next little while so i'm actually very excited to see that happen uh but we talked a little bit further about that and like strategies and this and that um i think all around there's definitely some excitement going for uh that particular a race i'm gonna have to even call it um but on the side note for that i was mentioning that i plan on capturing some of the images from that event um trying to get some ideas as to how i can get um images while sort of very much focusing on my own riding during that time. Being an unstable terrain, it's not always the best to try and uh, one-hand a camera. So I will be going probably, well, I will for sure have a GoPro mounted on the bike in some way, shape, or form, uh, whether it's rear-facing uh, so that it's shooting behind me, 
uh, might just provoke a dust cloud sort of situation. And so like all my images are going to be of a dust cloud, not the best idea. Um, and then how I'm going to mount it on the front is going to possibly be uh, a bit of a challenge. So, uh, so yeah, but for sure, I want to take some images and uh, share that with all of you on other forms that uh, I distribute this content. Um, and yeah, I'm going to actually just end this episode here because we're running out of time for the five minute segment. So, um, great to see my man, Carl, and also great to chat about gravel grinding. I am a little bit overtired and super excited about, uh, the prospects of that project coming together. So again, there were some quiet moments in the, the evening at the bike shop tonight. Um, and one of them spawned the question uh, by one of my coworkers. Uh, Bruce asked me if uh, I meant to get this all on uh, audio, but there was uh, phone calls and distractions during the audio, so I didn't quite get a good capture of it. Um, but uh, he asked me flat out, uh, being a giant fan, a giant bicycle fan, I should be clarifying, um, what are my views on the TCR platform, uh, which is their all-round race bike slash climb bike, uh, versus their aero road bike, their Propel, um, that's the name of the model there. Um, and he asked me what my thoughts were and if I would ever be going for a Propel. Uh, full disclosure, I currently ride a TCR, uh, that version of the platform. And uh, my reasoning goes as follows. Um, I would go with a Propel uh, in the, if I were not planning on doing any sustained climbing, um, as well as if my flexibility on the bike uh, sort of allowed me to get the most benefit out of that sort of geometry of the bike. It's a very aggressive geometry, uh, first of all. So uh, as if potential customer who might be listening to this, I would definitely have that little bit of knowledge going into it. It's a very aggressive uh, stanced machine. Um, if you are not flexible, I recommend uh, start taking yoga, get flexible, get those hip flexors really, really uh, um, elastic so that way you can actually get really low on the bike as well as work on your core strength because that is going to be uh, if you're planning on riding it for longer than uh, 50 kilometers I really really recommend uh, getting really good core strength to maintain that position additionally um, you might be sort of surprised that you might have to undersize the bike just a like the potential is high for that particular platform that you have to undersize from what you normally ride uh, example would be uh, myself. I ride a size large frame from Giant for the most part. I would chances are have to go down to their medium large frame size um, just due to the fact that the top tube is very horizontal in comparison to their compact road design that is on other parts of their uh, bike lines. So that's just something to keep in mind as well. One thing that I really like going for it on the Propel is the fact that it has an integrated handset as well as cables for their disc brakes. Um, Super, super clean, very good look. Uh, that stem though does look like it can possibly uh, split you open uh, like a dressed animal in the field kind of thing. So it's not a great look uh, in terms, I'm pretty sure it has aerodynamic benefits. However, that stem looks deadly. Uh, I'd be afraid to like catch myself on it. I, I would never see or expect to see Caleb Ewan 
uh, lean over the handlebars the way he does and not sort of pierce his like stomach open pretty much. Um, so that's pretty much my thoughts on it. Uh, the one thing though is that stem is very proprietary. So you finding a proper angle and also bike fit is going to be very, very tricky. I wish, uh, if you are ordering up this bike and you're getting it fitted for yourself, uh, make sure your bike fitter is ordering uh, a few stems for them to swap out just so that way um, they can really make sure that fit is really good and the whole system itself is still proprietary uh, sound so that way you get the most aero benefits out of that bike. But in comparison to the TCR, and I'm going to try to wrap this up in a minute, the TCR is a very all-round racy and fairly lightweight platform. Uh, there's not much weight to it, and I'm actually expecting future integrations. Just having seen what's going on with the Defy as well as the Propel, I'm expecting that to trickle into the TCR platform in that there's probably going to be some uh, hiding of the cables to the disc brake platform, uh, make that super, super clean. Um, and also... Um, I kind of suspect they're going to be increasing the hub size as well. You might be seeing through axles on uh, TCRs in the future. That would actually be very exciting because that would actually stiffen out uh, wheels. But it's also going to limit what kind of wheels can go on there. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. So hopefully you enjoy those thoughts on those two bikes. So I think that's going to wrap up this particular episode of Bike Shop Boyfriend. Uh, it's getting a little late in the evening for myself. I got to still do a few other things, but uh, just hopefully you enjoyed this particular episode. If you have any comments, questions, insights, um, interjections that you would like to throw my way, hit me up here on anchor.fm. Uh, it's a great app. I really enjoy it. It's very intuitive, but feel free to just reach out and let me know what you think. Additionally, uh, you can reach out via Twitter. My handle is D-U-S-T-I-N-W-H-T. Uh, that's Dustin W-H-T. And also you can reach me on Instagram as well. Send me a direct message. I love reading what you guys are sending. Um, it's great. I highly recommend it. I'm trying to you know, keep the dialogue open. And hopefully you're enjoying this content. If you are, uh, feel free to tap the app if you like. And uh, until next time, enjoy this episode. I just want you to enjoy this episode. I think I've said that right. Okay. Have a good night. Cheers. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm just uh, working my first hour here at a at the bike shop. Uh, it is Tuesday, January 16th. Feels like a 16th. Lo and behold, the computer says 16th, 2018. All right. So I'm just going to catch you all up here. Uh, Missed yesterday due to an incredible migraine, changing light here in the prairie slash uh, subarctic cities. Um, yeah, wasn't able to cope, so I needed to power down for a little bit. Um, next up, uh, I'm back in the shop, so I'm medicated and feeling better now. Well hydrated too. Uh, looking forward to meeting up with my man Paul, uh, also known as Cops for Kids. Uh, not just him, but him and a few others, and uh, maybe the also known as the uh, single origin espresso ocelot, because um, all those things are cool. Uh, but yeah, I'm setting him up with some giant cyclotron mag trainers. Uh, so thank you, uh, Giant Bicycle Canada, 
for uh, giving us the uh, trainers to loan out for uh, their particular event tomorrow. Hopefully I'll have something to report on that. And uh, yeah, so look forward to a patchwork version of uh, the podcast. Oh, Jamie's looking at me. He's going to end up on the podcast later. So this is the raw audio of myself and Paul talking and getting him set up for uh, the event that did take place today. Um, so hindsight being 50-50. <clears throat> um, excuse me, I had to clear my throat there. Um, yeah, Paul said that the event was quite the success. Uh, good amount of reach. It's all about visibility at this stage. Uh, if you are interested in donating, feel free to check out Cops for Kids Winnipeg. Um, they're doing the True Grit Ride, which is going to be a five-day event, five teams over the course of the day, and they are covering the distance between Winnipeg and Tucson, Arizona. It's going to be crazy, and there's going to be uh, a social uh, for actually a whole bunch of cycling swag for the most part, uh, as well as some other sports stuff. So if you are interested in the Manitoba area and you want to reach out, even if you're not in the Winnipeg, Manitoba area, and you want to just be involved, feel free to reach out onto their site. I can't recommend it more. Um, yeah, so that's my right hook of a sales pitch right there. But uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoy this audio. It's very raw, bit unedited, and it's just gives you a sense of interactions between myself and my uh, friends slash consumers. So enjoy. I think he's got the iron legs. Yes. Yeah. He's getting super excited about our ride. And so much so that he started to plan out other places we can go ride after the ride to Tucson. Oh, so, so the plan is we take five days yeah. to get down to Tucson. So not riding a ton, but you know, 150 kilometer chunks. Once we get to Tucson, we have like a supper celebration Good time on, on Saturday, and he's already looked at, okay, where are you in Tucson? Let's go do quickly Mount Lemon on Sunday for fun. No one, no one does Mount Lemon for fun. Well, it's a good ride. It is. It's yeah. a good actual hill slash mountain. And then after that, take a day, drive back to Colorado. Is that a long sleep? Well, it's like a 12 hour drive. Yeah. Okay. So you guys can just sleep in the van. Yeah. Is there a ski route? There it is. Uh, So get to Colorado, sleep again briefly, and then. The going plan is he would like to go and ride Pikes Peak. Oh, okay. Which is apparently a six to eleven hour bike ride up to the top. Going Cake up walk. To, going up to grades of twenty percent, and you're also at what's it, nine thousand feet or something, like super high altitude. And then after doing Pikes Peak, no oh, thanks. Since we're already there. He then also wants to go and do Mount Evans, which is about like a two or three hour drive away. Another huge mountain, I would say like northwestern Colorado. They use that for the uh, Colorado Challenge, don't they? Yeah. 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 And, and then, then come back to Winnipeg. So is it like the Tucson isn't enough? Let's go climb some mountains. Hey, hey we're already there. You're already there. The hard work is yeah. already done. So he's, uh, the past couple days, he's a real, 
he enjoys building bikes and trying to get parts and figure out what to do. So he's almost going on the Phil Guyman, I'm going to build a hill climb bike. Because he's thinking that when he went to Whistler, he didn't feel like he had the right gears for his triathlon. He said... Uh, he was running out or he was... Yeah, he was okay. running out. He said the first hill he went up in Whistler, uh, he's downshifting, 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 and all of a sudden he ran out of gears and he realized, crap, I still got, you know, 90 miles to bike. <laughs> So his last thing he was looking at doing was getting a triple crank set in the front. <laughs> like a tiny, tiny yeah, yeah. gear to build Super granny, yeah. 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 And he's, well, he's probably about 6'3", 220. Like, we're not built for hill climbing. <laughs> All right. I can say that. I am not a 